My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Mmm, ooh, guys, you have great questions. Again, who in the hell writes these questions? I know you do, but my God, these are great. Um, wow. Uh, I thought this was going to be an easy question. Usually you get the last question. It's like, just take it home. Um, that is a really good question. So a big blind spot is not being profitable. Like so many people will push people to say, well, you got to figure out your passion. You got to really understand what you're passionate about. And yes, that's true, but not at the expense of not understanding how to be profitable with the passion and understanding how your industry circulates dollars. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Tiny Giants, the creator economy show that's about careers over celebrity. I am your host, T. Adeola, your favorite former 400 pounder getting you fit on all things creator economy. And you just heard a short snippet from today's guest, Mario Armstrong. Mario Armstrong is a two-time Emmy Award winner, entrepreneur, public speaker, TV and podcast host. He teaches creators and entrepreneurs how to build their brands, monetize their passions and build profitable products and businesses. He is the creator and host of the Emmy Award winning Never Settle show filmed at NASDAQ Studios in Times Square. Mario is an NBC Today show contributor and appears regularly on NPR, Inside Edition and more. He's a public speaker with Damon John's Shark Group Speaking Division. His new podcast, Parents Making Profits, is available on all podcast platforms. Mario's latest venture is the Never Settle Academy, which provides creators and entrepreneurs the blueprint to closing sales and getting paid brand sponsorships. And full disclosure, I am an alumni of the Never Settle Academy, and it is the genuine article, and I recommend it enthusiastically. And just a quick aside before we get into it, I was actually on the road at a speaking engagement when it was time for Mario and I's conversation. So I literally finished speaking and then immediately had to hop on Zencaster so Mario and I could chop it up. So this interview was conducted in a hotel ballroom in Savannah, Georgia. So that's why the sound quality isn't what it would usually be. So begging your pardon for that. But without further ado, my conversation with my colleague, friend, teacher, mentor, and tiny giant, Mario Armstrong. Mario, thanks so much for joining me. Yo, T, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. This is a special, special privilege and a delight because as I tell my listeners all the time, I get them a lot of, a lot of my game from you. 
I really do. And I'm very open about that. I always give credit where credit's due. So now y'all get it straight from the source, right? So <laughs> to say that you have had a very successful career would be an understatement bordering on criminally remiss, but nobody starts out at the top. So right. tell us that story. Take us on that journey of how you found your niche or maybe how your niche found you. Yeah. And it was kind of like a little bit of both. I mean, I think, um, I think I always knew that I wanted to be in broadcasting and in communications and things of that nature, but I went to college for communications. So I kind of knew a vision that I had for myself, but along my journey very early on in my second year of college, or actually second semester of college, I was targeted essentially by local bullies who were really serious about that gang life. And um, I don't know, I, I must've triggered something in them. They were off-campus dudes that saw me at an off-campus event. I was in their neighborhood. They knew that I was skinny and curly head and I became an easy target. And it got to the point where I was getting shot at. And so I had to leave that university. And once I left that university and tried to apply some others and went to Hampton for a minute and didn't, you know, I wasn't focused on my studies, like everything derailed. So I didn't finish college. So I had to kind of like fight to create my own lanes. And I think that's important for people to know because not everybody has a logical, <laughs> it's never really a logical step-by-step. -step. That may be the goal. That may be what the pursuit is. That may be what we see for ourselves, but we got to be open and flexible to really creating our own pathways. And so for me, it was, how am I going to get into communications? How am I going to get into radio and TV if I don't have a degree? So I was working sales jobs and that's a people person job. That's a talking job. So that was easy for me to do, to listen, to become a better listener, to become a better salesperson, to present is to sell. So all of those things kind of like worked well for me, but I was like, okay, but I'm not doing communications. How do I break in to communications? How do I get on TV? How do I get in on the radio? How do I do these things? And so that's when I started just asking and learning the art of how to make an ask and reducing the amount of no's by reducing the friction in the ask. So what does that look like? I would go to a radio station and I say, hey, look, I am into technology and can talk about tech once a week to your audience. Would that be something of value for you? And I don't want to get paid for it. And so I immediately removed like needing money in order for them to say yes. So the first place I went to, they were like, yeah, but here's the deal. You got to buy the half hour time slot. So then that was like, well, you know what? I'm going to use my sales background to sell sponsorships to pay for this half hour because I got to get trained. And if I got to pay for it, my own, if, I, if this is the way to do it, I'm going to do it. So I got my first radio show by buying my own airtime and then doing a live talk show for 30 minutes while I had a day job. So once a week, I'd break from my day job at lunchtime, drive about 20 minutes to the station, do the 30 minute show and come back to work about 10 minutes late. And it was like that every single week uh, for about a good year. And then I used that as a demo to then try to get me to a bigger station. And then I used that as a way to then, I then called up a TV station in Baltimore, my hometown. I was like, hey, look, I'm doing this thing on radio. I'd love to do a Tech Tip Thursday for free on the morning show. We could educate all your viewers about what's going on with technology and how it's impacting them. And they were like, for free? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay, great. So that was, that get, got me in. I didn't have to have a degree, didn't have to have a sheet of paper, wasn't looking for a job. I just needed to see, can I finagle this with my work schedule? I don't have to be at work until 8.30. So the newscast ends at 8. So I'm like, yo, I could actually be there, do this hit, do this segment at like 7.15, 7.30, still make it to work on time and do this weekly and not get paid. Did that for like three, four years just so I could learn live television. 
What's it like to have an earpiece? Do I talk to you? Do I talk to the camera? Who do I talk to? How do I button up my timing so I know how to talk in 30 second bits? What happens if breaking news comes in in the middle of my conversation? How do I, what happened? Like all these things that I did not know because I didn't get the college training that I was on my way to getting. I had to get it myself and I had to find a way to do it without it being told no. And so I think this whole idea of going from free to fee is a strategy that I now teach people um, on how to make that ask so that you can go from free to fee. So I got in the door, I got the experience. Now I'm trying to turn that into cash. Now I'm trying to turn it into value. Now I'm trying to turn it into money. And so then I start making my way up the ranks and I get onto national TV through some, some other moves that I did, but eventually I get onto today's show and all this other stuff. And then next thing you know, I'm winning Emmy awards for our own shows that we're producing and you know, the rest is history. From free to fee. I love it. And that is such an inspiring, I didn't know that about you and I've known you for a while now and I had no idea you had to go through that, but the, just the resiliency is, is, is absolutely, I absolutely love it. So one of the benefits of being a giant is that you have a perspective that others on the ground don't necessarily have. You can see from that 30,000 foot view, you know, and you see from miles over the horizon. Are there any giant non-obvious traps in your space that you will call out for those just getting in or looking to get in? And I'll go first as an example. Mm. I'm a professional digital marketer by trade. And when I first cut my teeth way back in 2002, I just went to Google and I typed in how to make money online. <laughs> and I was set with a bunch of, I just got bad information. It was all part of my journey. It was all part of my learning, sure. but I was out here doing link farms and keyword stuff in and just, just, just a bunch of stuff that I no longer do. But at the time to say that I was green as a blade of grass, <laughs> I might say it. I, I was damn near Namekian. I was so green for all my Dragon Balls fans out there, right? So I was so green and I didn't know the questions to ask that I, I couldn't vet what was put in front of me and I just took whatever it was. So if you were talking to someone green as a blade of grass, just now getting into the space, are there any giant non-obvious traps that you would call out? I mean, the, the first one that comes to mind may, may be a little obvious, but I don't think so because I think we've gotten so used to it that we miss how obvious it is. And that is comparison. So I, th I think initially I'd be like, Hey, watch out for that beast. The comparison beast is going to sneak up on you. You're going to look around. You're going to see other people doing things that are similar to the lane you're trying to be in. You're green. So you're looking for inspiration. You're looking for guidance. You're looking for advice. You're looking for that pathway. And so you're going to be following people or you're going to be checking for people. And then that could quickly turn from being inspired to being envious. And if you're not careful, you'll end up going down the envious slope and then that turns into a bunch of other negativity that you don't want to deal with. And comparing is something that we as humans do because Dr. Festinger back in the 60s, I want to say, came up with the social comparison theory. And the social comparison theory is that humans compare. Whether you want to do it or not, we compare. And there's two forms of comparison. There's upward comparison, being inspired, looking up to someone. Downward comparison, I'm better than you. Thank God I don't have the life you have. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that's the dangerous one. That's the more negative one. That's the one that will definitely have the wrong vibration and wrong energy. But the inspiration can turn into envy if we're not careful. So I would just say comparison. Don't compare your mile one to somebody else because you don't know what baggage, you don't know what they've gone through to get their blessings to where they are now. 
They may have gone through something super painful that you ain't ready to handle or that you don't really even want that. Like you wouldn't want what they had in order for their journey to end up being the way it is. So we often hear things like don't compare your mile one to someone else's mile 10 or mile 100. So comparison would be the first thing. Secondly, I would say that a big blind spot is not being profitable. Like so many people will push people to say, well, you got to figure out your passion. You got to really understand what you're passionate about. And yes, that's true, but not at the expense of not understanding how to be profitable with the passion. And so you got to understand how to make money, what net income actually is, what is it minus expenses, and understanding how your industry circulates dollars. You got to understand your industry and what are the deals that are being made? What's the terminology of these deals? Who's getting these deals? What type of deals are they? Understanding that we just, you know, the fact that I understood this just got us positioned for a deal that we just did with Entrepreneur Magazine. They got a brand new TV network and they just picked up the Never Settle Show, which by the way, was shot back in 2017 through 2019 or 2017 to 2020. So three years of episodes, three seasons. And they're just sitting on the shelf right now because after COVID, we didn't have our studio anymore and things became, you know, everything changed. And now we're finally getting back to shooting the show, but it's going to be a different show than it was before in those three seasons. But I had that content, but I understood licensing deals. I understood distribution deals. I understood that I'm actually sitting on something that might benefit this brand with this content that I could give to them and come up with maybe a rev share or some other type of structure. So we ended up doing a licensing deal with them. So knowing those deals, I'm making money now off of content that was shot three years ago. And so it's important to be profitable and understand the business is what I'm saying. I love it. And it's like, you're my spirit beast because I'm a spirit animal because (laughs) as of this recording, I'm in Savannah, Georgia. I just spoke at the uh, National Youth Advocacy and Resiliency Conference. And that's one of the things that I said because my my session was on squash social media squabbles. Ah, I like that. Yeah. I like the alliteration on it too, the wordplay. Yes. I I had a good teacher. (laughs) I had a good teacher. (laughs) Mario is my sensei, by the way. Uh, One of several. But yes, the alliteration was there and people loved it. But one of the things that I talked about was I just talked to the teachers about breaking down and valuing um, YouTube channels and talking to the children about understanding how the money moves because the children are correct in their desire to want to build a brand because, you know, all the kids want to be Mr. Beast mm-hmm. or bankable or whomever. However, without direction and guidance, they go about it in such a way that's destructive and negative. And it brings out the, you know, without training, the sort of worst sides of that nature. So you you just literally, without seeing my presentation, Mario's somewhere else. He's not in Savannah right now. Didn't see my presentation, but word for word, like you said, like Eight of my 30 slides. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yes, yes. I love it. So another benefit of being a giant is that you get to throw your weight around. You get to knock down trees and move mountains. So how are you using your position in the space with the career that you've built to reshape the landscape? By infiltrating conference rooms meetings, glass ceilings, and spaces where I find myself being the only one in that space, the only Black one in that space, uh, in many cases, 
And so I, I get a, I get a kick out of being the only one in spaces because number one, anytime you're in a room that you're in, you've already proven that you're supposed to be in the room, but we second get, we can easily second guess ourselves because we look around and we're like, ah, I don't see anybody that looks like me or me, you know, so I feel like the odd man or the odd woman out. And so whether that's the youngest one, maybe, maybe you're gay, maybe you're transgender, like whatever that may be. Like if you're in that room, you're supposed to be in that room. So I'm not shrinking myself when I get in the room. But what I do do is I act like a ninja. I ask a bunch of questions. I don't like to go into rooms looking like I know it all. I like to give value so that when I do open my mouth, it means something or it's helpful. But I like to ask questions because I'm actually kind of like trying to soak up as much info as I can to then come and bring it back to the quote unquote streets bring it back to podcasts, bring it back to my social media content for free. Like bring, bringing that information to people like, oh no, here's the trend. Here's what's going to happen in the next 18 months. Get yourself prepared for this. Be on the lookout for that. So I really, for me, I feel like, you know, when you do have that access backstages, green rooms, you know, I'm on the Today Show. I get to meet a lot of people. I'm, I'm in public speaking environments backstage. I get to meet a lot of great people. And celebrities and then non-celebrities that are just awesome people on on their way up. And I really use those opportunities to try to learn for myself. But then I know I'm going to use that information to communicate to my audiences and to other people's audiences. So I think to me, I feel like I'm just like one big ninja that's just like, I guess you can't really be a big ninja. You're supposed to be like, so I guess I'm like, you know, (laughs) and if you looked at like a big ninja doesn't really work. I've never really seen a big ninja before. Um, but I'm thin as a person. So the ninja fits me. So I think, I feel like I'm kind of stealthily like that. Like I know how to get in and I'm not like lying or anything like that. I'm just absorbing and I'm just putting myself in rooms and in spaces where I can absorb so that I can come back and share. It's almost kind of like a little bit of Robin Hood. I dig it. And as y'all can see, you see how, why he's my Obi-Wan Kenobi, why he's my sensei, why, whatever mentor role name you want to put on it. It's Mario bringing some good game, folks, some real good game bringing drops. So we're going to take a short break. And then when we get back, we'll continue our conversation with tiny giant Mario Armstrong. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. And we're back. So, Mario, now I want to shift gears and get a parental perspective from you because sort of the two foundational stats that this podcast is founded on is the first one is that Lego and Harris Poll did a survey and found that three times as many children ages 8 to 12 wanted to be YouTubers than astronauts. 
<laughs> and then follow that up from a global survey last October, October 22, from Adobe that found that almost 50%, 49% of Gen Z intend to pursue content creation as a career. And as a father, because I have three children, I have a 13-year-old and nine-year-old. And as of this recording, my youngest son will be seven next uh, month. He'll be seven in April. Mm -hmm. um, all three of them want to be YouTubers. <laughs> right. And as a parent, it sort of gives me pause a little bit because of a tiny thing called the law of large numbers. Right. So if everybody's rushing into the space, it gets that much more crowded and it's that much more noisy. And a lot of people are going to fall by the wayside, which is why the show is called Tiny Giants, because the answer to oversaturation is niching down or niching, or however you uh -huh. say that word. Uh -huh. So don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to be all things to all people. Pick a niche or a niche if you're fancy. Focus on that, and that is how you find success, or in our parlance, tiny giants. So with all that being said, what would you say to me as a parent of three children, all of whom want to get into the creator economy? And then a follow-up question, if you were talking to my 13-year-old, my nine-year-old, and my soon-to-be seven-year-old directly, all of whom inspire to be professional creators, what would you say to them directly? Mm, wow, that's a lot. Um, that um, is so telling that that's where you know everybody's head is and what they're focused on. And it's the truth. Like these these stats, like I'm hearing it from from people that are in my Never Settle Academy, which teaches people how to get brand sponsorship deals. You've been a student. You know what the course is about. So the first thing I would say is parents got to get informed as to how this industry works and how they can create a business and monetize their ideas because it is a viable vehicle. This is absolutely a route that not all kids, but certain kids can clearly take. They can figure out things to communicate to their audiences and do it in a way that they're bringing their unique style or their unique approach to it. And if they build a following and a community around that, then that can transition into real dollars. It can transition into subscriptions, merchandise, events, courses, paid brand deals to work with brands on a big level. So many things can actually happen from a revenue standpoint if you understand the business of content creation. So if you do have somebody that really is wanting to go down that track, it's not about being a YouTuber or being a podcaster. It's about being a profitable content creator. And it would be no different than if this kid wanted to go be a musician. I'd be like, great, you better learn the piano the best of your ability. You got to do that part. So for a creator, you better learn how to shoot video. You better learn how to be on camera. You better learn how to have a conversation. You better learn how to pull people into it. I get all the techniques. I understand that. that that's a given. You got to know the technique. But it's like, okay, but then after that, how are you going to get paid as a pianist? Okay, so now you know how to play the piano. How are you going to get paid as a piano player? And it's the same thing. Okay, so now how are you going to get paid as a content creator? So to me, it's like, it's not about the tools, the equipment, da, 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 and the marketing schemes and the and the thumbnails and uh, like all of that strategy for how you build your content and get it out there. But the business side, what are, what's the potential growth? How do I market myself? What's the real income? And, and everybody can't be a Mr. Beast. So if everybody can't be a Mr. Beast, where's the where do the majority of people that are creating content land? Oh, they land at thirty five to sixty thousand dollars a year. Oh, okay, still a legit salary, sure. And maybe you can do more than that, sure. 
And maybe you're going to make more money than your parents ever did before you're 21. That's all realistic. It really is. But understanding that business. So I would say, number one, parents, you need to get in my course. <laughs> like, like straight up, you should. You don't want to do what T mentioned at the top of this. Go on YouTube or Google and start searching how to get brand deals, how to get paid as a content creator. You'll get a bunch of advice and some of that will be good, but yeah. you'll get a bunch of advice and some of it won't be good. Most of it won't be and good. And most of it don't won't do that. be good. <laughs> unless they've done like I've done. And that's not to flex, but unless they've sold over $4 million of brand sponsorships, unless they have clients like Capital One, Ford, Wix, um, Roku, all these brands that Zenny Eyewear, all these companies that we Beats by Dre, all these companies we've had deals with, unless they're doing that on a regular basis, they don't know the latest info. Unless they have relationships inside of marketing agencies, they don't know the latest info. So I can tell you right now, even though somebody's got less than 10,000 followers, they can get brand deals. But the majority of the internet is going to tell you, you cannot get a brand deal until you surpass 10,000 followers. You're not going to be able to get ads on your podcast till you surpass 10,000 downloads. And I'm telling you now, I know it firsthand. People are getting deals with 1,200 followers. People are getting deals with 2,000 downloads. So it's there's a lot of misinformation. So I would say, make sure that you're getting the right information from the right sources and understanding how to make content creation a business. And then for the 13 and seven year olds, you know, I'd be talking to them about really trying to get clarity from them on what's, what do they see that they want to create? What's the longevity in that? How are they going to sustain it? What I would ultimately do is I would have my kid, much like I did to my kid when he wanted a dog. I was like, I need a presentation. I would tell my kids, okay, you want to prove to me that this is a path that you want to go down? I need a slide deck. I need a slide deck presentation on this. And so, Mario, are you serious? I'm damn serious. My kid was 10 years old and he wanted a dog for his birthday. I was like, prove it to me. And so the formula is very simple. Who is one? Each one of these things is one slide. The kid just needs to answer each one of these questions on one slide. Who, what, when, where, why, how? If you can put, if the kid can put together six slides, and do their best as to really try to explain what they see for themselves and what it is they want to do, not only will they get more clarity, you'll have more trust in giving them a shot. Absolutely. Yeah, that was fire, folks. And like Mario said, I was definitely in the course. And Mario actually was the impetus to inspire me to reach out to my man, Jason Falls, and get on the Marketing Podcast Network that the show was on because I don't have 10,000 followers, but I put out some damn good content. And I'm thinking, okay, well, how can I get ad supported? And the show is still building. The show just started, but we're on a, a podcast network and we get paid because we do the rev share. Yeah, that's so correct. 100%. Great, bro. And I mean, and that's a, test- that's a testament right there. Yep. That's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so nothing left to do but roll out the red carpet. Mario, this has been tremendous. Please tell the people, give all the people the social media handles. Tell us about any giant programs you got coming out. The floor is yours. All right. Well, I would say this. I would say people out there, make sure that you don't measure your value based off of the response to your art. So what you put out there, if you believe in it and it's something that you feel right about, don't measure your value based off of somebody else's response to your art. Believe in your art. It's not going to hit for everybody. That's okay. Keep making what you believe in and it will. the universe will fill in the details. It will begin to attract the people that it's supposed to attract. So I would say that's one. I would say the other quick tip is 
Y'all make sure y'all ask more questions. Y'all ain't out here asking enough. People do not ask enough. So asking is the fastest, lowest cost way of acquiring information and creating new opportunity from thin air. If you ask me a question and it's an insightful one or one that I end up giving you some feedback on, and then you come back with a follow-up question and I come back with some follow-up, we're now in a discussion. Next thing you know, it could be like, well, wait, I'm scratching my head. Maybe we should do this together. Maybe I should be a guest on your podcast. Maybe we should launch such and such. Maybe we should test this idea. I'll do it with you. Like asking creates opportunities. So learn how to ask. Go check out my TED Talk and learn how to ask. And then I would say, follow me on Instagram. Hit me hard on Instagram, at Mario Armstrong. That's where I get down a lot. I'm in the DMs. Um, So at Mario Armstrong, but I'm also on Twitter and everywhere else. Same thing, Mario Armstrong. And lastly, I would say, join my academy because I believe that the academy will give you confidence. It will give you clarity, but it will also get you to get access to currency. And so if you are somebody that does events or thinking about it, if you're somebody that has a podcast or thinking about it, if you want to do social media as an influencer, if you want to be a YouTuber, if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for a different source of revenue to kind of give you some assistance as opposed to going for a loan or dealing with your personal credit or savings, uh, brand sponsorships is a wide open market that more and more people need to learn because 77% of the brands are doing more work now with micro influencers. And that means people with less than 10,000 followers. So it's game on. You just, they just don't know you exist because you got to approach them. It's too many people that are under 10,000 followers. Imagine that. Imagine if a marketing person had to go and find all the influencers that are under 10K. It's too much work. So we got to make sure they know we exist. And so how do you pitch them? What do you put in front of them? How do you get them to call call you back? How do you negotiate your value? All of those things, I can teach you that and more if you go into neversettleacademy.com. And you won't regret it, folks, because I certainly don't. Mario, thank you so much for your time. T, it's a pleasure to be on, man. I feel like I'm, I feel like a, a, a bigger giant already, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, sir. The FIFA Fo Fum is official. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, man. Thanks so much for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. I love what you're doing for everybody. I love how you know you've been constant, you've been consistent. Everybody, make sure you tune into the podcast. And please, he's going to ask you to do this more than likely, but take it from a guest. Share this out. That's one of the best ways that you can pay back. If you learned one tip from this, if you got one strategy, one light bulb, one idea, something that clicked for you, do this man a favor and hit the share button. Send it in your, you got text groups, grab the link, drop it in the text group, grab the link, put it in your newsletter. Like don't assume that he's just going to get listeners. It matters that you send this out and you share it. And it's a worthy podcast of you doing it. So I'm saying, please help T out to make this podcast benefit others because every time something good gets put out there and we all can absorb it, that's more good that we're putting out into the world. So support them with a share, get more people to tune in. Very high praise from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, my man, good to see you. Obi-Wan Kenobi out. Peace. Tiny Giants is an audio companion to and the first chapter of my first book, Beyond Buzzwords social media, mobile, and other marketing buzzwords ain't the half of it. Available on Amazon. If you enjoyed this podcast, chances are good you'll like the book too. I'm proud to say that while the book has aged, it's not dated. Sure, some examples could be freshened up, but strategically, it's as rock solid as the day it was written. Not every author can say that. 
I encourage you to pick it up and leave me a rating and review. It really helps. I have like one rating on that book from my mom because she loves me and I'm positive that you'll love it too. Head on over to tinygiants.tech for more episodes and whatever else I have going on. While you're there, leave me a voicemail with your question, comment, or feedback for improvement. I may play that voice recording on a future episode as I answer your question or address your concern. If you, your company, or school needs help with college, career, and creator readiness strategy or to book me to speak, drop me a line at t at tinygiants.tech. If you or someone you know is doing big things in small or not so small niches, or as we like to call them, tiny giants, and they will make a great guest for the show, email me at t at tinygiants.tech. Thanks for listening. And remember, you get big by going small, but to prioritize career over celebrity. But no matter what you choose, know that I'm rooting for you. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.